Good morning and welcome back to the Wake Up With Glow podcast with me, Glow. And I hope you're all having an amazing April so far as we enter just about the midway mark. And today, what better way to sort of enter the second half of this month than to address a topic that's going to apply to your life from this moment to the final moment of your life because it's something that we're never going to rid ourselves of completely but we can step into doing it a little bit differently so that the second half of this month and the second half of this year and the second half of your life or your season or this next chapter that you're entering it will look different from what it has looked like. And that is all we can ever really focus on. We do not need to be worried or overtaken by what we have been through to date because everything that is lies here and now. And what is ahead of us is capable of being everything that we need. And in fact, it will be so long as we are willing to be present for it. So take the the stress off of yourself if you have been putting yourself down for some of the mistakes or what you deem to be mistakes that you have made in your past and be here with me in this episode right now so we can discuss how you can live for yourself amongst others. This is a topic that I've wanted to speak on for quite some time because I think more people struggle with this than are aware that they struggle with this and also that are willing to fess up to the fact that this has been a challenge for them. As a community of individuals who love to serve others, who love to be a light in the lives of the people whom they share themselves with, it can become incredibly confusing to still show up for yourself in the midst of wanting to be your best self for everyone else who you are serving. Whether you are a serving person in the context of your family dynamic or in the workplace or in a community that you contribute your time and your efforts to, or if you're maybe just showing up somewhere and and giving a little bit of yourself, um, whatever way you are serving other people, and I am 100% positive that everyone listening is in fact serving someone in their life, I want you to be able to understand the distinction between serving as yourself and serving as someone who has disconnected from themselves and is now living for the sake of others whether that be those you wish to serve or those you don't wish to serve. We need to understand where we are being servants in our lives and whether there is a better way to do the service that we would like to do uh, rather than expend all of our emotional capacity on something that isn't in fact feeding back into us. And so I like to believe that Everything in life is really just about healing and honing, okay? So we are born into this world as perhaps you believe as a blank slate and the world kind of structures us in a way as to tell us and guide us to where we need to be going and how we should perceive ourselves, others, and the world. And of course, if you've listened to any of my other episodes, you are not a stranger to the idea that life is in fact very damaging. 
life, not life itself, but rather the experiences that we come to face and how we internalize them, they make room for all of the healing that we then have to come to terms with that needs to be done because life has a way of damaging us through the people who we are encountering, through the things that we see, through exposure to society itself. It has led us to believe everything that we do believe. And so it is kind of this paradox of needing to live and then needing to heal all that it is that we've lived. And that is why I look at life as this healing and honing, this continuous process that happens right from the beginning and it goes with you all the way until the end because you are always going to need to heal something if you are living your life. Because when you're living, you are being exposed. You are being exposed to other things that are beyond you, but also have a very significant effect on you. And as you try to navigate what all of it actually means to you as an individual, to you as a life, it's going to take you honing your skills of being a human healing those parts of you that are constantly being damaged and then other parts are being healed and then new parts are being damaged and healed and so on and so forth. And really just falling into this interplay in a way that's actually serving you and serving your forward movement. It is never about getting to some ideal healed place and then living out your remaining days from this blissful state. It is rather about us figuring out how to get in on this healing and honing process in a way that can maintain our peace and also acknowledge that it is never going to be a a non-disrupted peace, that there's always going to be something that comes in and shakes things up and challenges us and that that is exactly what life intended for all of us. So when we think about our relationship to life, there really are three, I want to say, categories that we should be focusing on that encapsulate just about everything that it is that we're going to go through. And those three things are all stemming from the self. So it's self-resolution. So that's the healing that we talk about, the self-resolution. It's us resolving what is always unresolved in us. There's always something new that is to be resolved. And so tending to that is our self-resolution. The second part is self-application. If we are spending a significant amount of our mental energy in resolving things in our lives, we are trying to make ourselves better, more equipped to live the kind of life that we wish to live. We must learn to not just resolve, but to apply what it is that we have resolved in the previous stage of our living. And so we need to understand that these all piggyback off of each other. And so the third part is self-sharing. And self-sharing, the reason why I made it number three is not because we have to do them in this order. It's not because you have to self-resolve, then self-apply, and then and only then can you self-share. There is some truth to the fact that we cannot share anything that we have not resolved within ourselves because we do not hold it. We do not truly have a tight enough grip on it to share of it fully. This is very true. However, all of these three things 
are also happening at the same time, just for different problems within us, different questions that arise in us. We are constantly resolving something, something new that may be arising and coming into our conscious awareness. We are applying ourselves in something else that we resolved maybe a year ago or, or 10 years ago, and we are sharing of ourselves something that we resolved and applied, and now we are able to share that piece, but all of these things are not necessarily for a streamlined process of, of one goal that you have in mind, of one personal development linear track that you're focusing on. This is not a, okay, I'm going to focus on business, so I'm going to self-resolve, apply, and share everything that I can as pertains to the business side of me. And then maybe you know the next decade of my life, I'll focus on love, and I'm going to resolve all of the different barriers to love that I have within myself apply them and then share them. This is something that is constantly happening within us. And so if we can learn to understand this circular process of resolving, applying and sharing, then we can understand that we are truly these in-process beings who can never and should never be striving to get to any particular place because we are always one step behind another step in something, in developing something within ourselves. There is no end to be reached because as you resolve things, you're going to discover new things that require your attention. And so I hope that in some weird roundabout way that offers you some kind of ease in knowing that every single person is going through this process and so no one is further ahead and no one is further behind because we're all tending to different things. And of course, this brings me to the importance of people in our lives in general. I know that this podcast episode is entitled How to Live for Yourself Among Others, but that is that does not in any way mean that the role that others play is not one of the most important roles um, that anything and any life energy can play in our lives aside from our own. People reflect our inner conflicts. People are the mirrors that are held up to us that help us to see ourselves. And we see people for who we are. And when we do, who we are expands. The more that we engage with different people, we ourselves expand because we are not learning about other people when we engage. We are learning about ourselves. And so it is a very important practice to get around and be around people in whatever capacity you are comfortable being around them, even if you are an introvert, even if you don't wish to engage because you have made a decision that the majority of the world is toxic and and that in order to sustain your peace, you have to withdraw. No matter what, people will always be the most important force for you to uncover your own strength. And so that's really important for me to remind you all of because I do get a lot of questions about how to truly sustain your own peace in the context of this chaotic world that we live in. 
And a big part of that is, of course, finding the right people, finding the right soul energy to match up with your soul energy for whatever period of time that match occurs. Understanding that there should not be this attachment at play where you are hinging to someone because you finally found an energy that does not disrupt your own or doesn't disrupt it in a way that isn't actually collaborative and and cooperative. And so understand that people are incredibly important no matter how you feel about your own aloneness. And so I want to move into the real meat of this episode, uh, the real practicality in how you can actually live for yourself as a beautifully giving person, the beautifully giving person that you are, despite being around others. How do you not isolate yourself and still maintain who it is that you are in all your fullness and have that still be joyful, a joyful experience? So my first suggestion would be to adjust your own personal bar of happiness. We all have a bar of happiness in our lives. We have decided based on the influences around us from a very young age of what happiness is going to look like. And so when we strive, we strive towards the bar that we have set. And maybe your bar looks like having a very esteemed role in society. Maybe your bar looks like a very um, being incredibly, doing something incredibly lucrative. Maybe your bar uh, has to do with something completely different. But whatever it is that the external world has created as your bar, you need to look very closely at it. And you don't just lower the bar, right? So the temptation then for many people who get grow discontent with how society is functioning for with what people are finding important and spending their time on when people are unhappy and they feel like they don't belong they feel out of place there is this desire to simply just lower the bar so if the bar is set at being markedly opulent and just you know, owning uh, tons of homes and being able to travel the world luxuriously. If that is your bar, if that is what your Instagram feed has set as your bar for happiness, that is what you are seeing and buying into, and you feel like you don't belong, then there's the temptation to simply reach for the bar, lower it, and then decide for yourself that, That is not what is me. That is not the life that I want. And so I'm just going to shut all of that away and I'm going to hide and I'm going to set my new bar all the way down here. And what ends up happening is you end up developing a resentment. The space between where you lowered the bar and where the bar was initially becomes all resentment because you haven't really reestablished a new bar for yourself All you've done is rejected what the bar used to be for you before you brought your conscious awareness into it. And now you're just living in this space between the two bars and all you experience is resentment because you still don't know what it is that will make you happy. You just know what won't make you happy and what's making everyone else happy. So I encourage you to not just lower the bar and Live what feels like a substandard version of what life can be, even though you yourself rejected a particular life where your bar used to be, but actually change the labels altogether to create um, a scale of your own happiness. 
personalize your happiness. Don't lower the bar. I don't want you to see it as lowering the bar. Take the bar, throw it out, replace it with a new bar, and be clear on what your bar of happiness is because the bar still needs to be high. You should always be striving, and so the bar always needs to be above you. It shouldn't be at eye level. It shouldn't be below. It should be above, but what the bar represents needs to be a depiction of your joy and your happiness. That is the difference. Happiness, I also want to point out, does not equate to attainment, This is so important. Happiness is not about attaining anything. It's not about attaining some dream life. When I say striving, I don't mean attaining anything. I mean uncovering. It means uncovering the parts of you that live within you, the parts of you that you need to declutter so you can get to the source of yourself, so you can understand your own joy. That is how you become happy. It is not by gaining anything, but uncovering what is there that is precluding you from becoming the happy person that you otherwise would be. The next thing for how you can live for yourself if you want to call it a hack, I, would, I wouldn't dare call it a hack because when I think of a hack, I think of a quick and easy way to do something. And nothing, I, I hope you would agree with me that nothing in any of these podcast episodes, in any of this series, is quick and easy. And that's why it's not for everyone. It is for the person who is truly ready to, to do the work and to invest in understanding who they are so that they can improve upon that, not by creating someone new, but by living out your soul's intent. And so the next way is to get very clear on who you are alone and who you are in the presence of others. Now, that's not to say that you are being a different person by yourself and in the company of others. This is not the message. The message is that You need to understand what you need from yourself when it's just you versus when there are other people involved. Because what you need from yourself is different. You have many layers. You are a multifaceted being. And so when you are in the presence of others, you innately are going to pull on the things, the the parts of you that are more social, that have more social tendencies and and talents that are more socially based and behaviors that are more socially relevant. You are not becoming a different person. You are being a different part of yourself in the presence of others. And when this is happening, you may lose your sense of who you are alone, individually. And your aloneness is so important because those are parts of you that cannot be expressed in the context of you being in a crowd or you being with your best friend or with your partner. Those are parts that people often in relationships fail to use to to their maximum power because they're not getting that time to spend on their own with themselves. People who are incredibly busy or work incredibly long hours, maybe they don't get that time. When we talk about decompressing, a big part of decompressing, it's not just shutting the world out, it's to come back into yourself after you've sort of 
pulled, been pulled in all of these different places by what the world needed of you and, and maybe what you needed of the world too. But never forget that even if you're engaging only in those things outside of yourself that you feel that you need, you still also need to just be with yourself without the influence of the external world. This is also necessary to your soul. So get clear on who you are alone and who you are with others. And really understand the contribution of yourself that you are willing to make. This is where boundaries come in. And you really need to know why you are sharing of yourself, whether it's for you or for someone else. But what is the logic, your personal logic for why you are sharing of yourself in the spaces in which you are sharing? Because only then when you understand your true motivation for being around other people. And I would encourage you to really get clear for every person in your life who you feel gets a disproportionate amount of your time and energy to understand why. Why you are, why are you are putting yourself there and what exactly you are giving and why you're giving that. Okay, that that is that is really important for you to know. And most people never ask themselves, why am I putting my energy here in this person's hands? Why am I doing that? And if you could get clear on that, then perhaps you'll realize that there are some places in your life where you shouldn't be putting your energy at all. There are some places that you are putting yourself that you are robbing your own reserve of self. Because when you do get that moment to decompress, there isn't much of you left. There isn't much energy. We always talk about energy because it's so important to just about everything that exists. And so if you are expending all of your energy in a place that is not serving you in the ways that you need to be served, and and even giving, let me remind you, giving is also meant to serve you because everything goes in this continuous loop. You serve the world to fill yourself, to serve the world more, to fill yourself. And so we need to redefine altruism a little bit, but we won't get into that now. You have to understand what contribution of yourself you're willing to make because if you're not getting if you're not getting enough of yourself back, you need to count your change after every exchange. That, that's the reality. You have an exchange with someone, you need to count the change that you get back. And that change needs to be well worth the spiritual money that you're spending in that interaction. Because if it's not, you are going to, you're going to be spiritually broke. Broken, broken. You're going to have nothing left for you to then go out and, and invest in other experiences, other spiritual experiences, because you're going to be energetically deplete. So make sure that you take some time and actually mark up all of the relationships that you have in your life, all of the commitments that you have, and how that energy expenditure is taking place. The next thing is figuring out what you want, which obviously goes hand in hand with figuring out who you are. You have to figure out what you want so that you are not constantly swayed by others. And others, that can be people in your immediate life who have an opinion about how you live and who you are. And that could also be uh, on a, a much grander, widespread scale of 
marketing, the entire marketing industry and how that affects how you perceive yourself and the world that you live in. And I have three questions that I would suggest for you to write down and actually journal the answers to. And the first one is, who am I? Simple question, very difficult to answer. Who am I? The second question is, what's the world like right now? What is the world like right now? Describe the world that we live in. How do you perceive it? And this is important because the third question then becomes, where do I fit into this world? So who am I? What is the world like right now? And where do I fit into it? These are your three questions. These are the three questions that are going to help you understand what it is that you want. And it should be incredibly difficult for you to answer them. If it is not difficult for you to answer them, then I think you need to go deeper because perhaps you're only superficially looking at yourself, the world, and I think both, both you and the world deserve way more credit for your complexity. And finally, I will say you have to take responsibility for your own life. This is probably the most difficult thing for people to stomach in the work that they do on themselves. People spend years doing so much self-work that doesn't take them beyond where they began because they don't take responsibility for their own life. Doing the work is in part, in part, stepping up for yourself However, it is not the entirety of what it means to take responsibility for your life. And I have a positive and a negative uh, around taking responsibility for your own life. The positive is that people can't tell you how to live. When you take responsibility for your own life, no one can sway you. No one can, can tell you who you are and what you should do. You are the creator of your own fate. You are the co-creator, I should say. And the negative is the same as the positive. People can't tell you how to live. And that becomes problematic. So why is that viewed as a negative? It's viewed as a negative because everyone wants to be told what to do. We want our freedom so badly, but really, we all want to be told what to do because we are all brought onto this earth in a way clueless. Because, and I say clueless because it takes us so much time and so much work to tap into our own inner navigation system that we really don't know. And so, of course, we're so easily persuaded. Of course, we are so susceptible to being influenced because we just don't know. And we assume that the other inhabitants of this earth have some kind of knowledge that we potentially don't have and they can help us out. So when taking responsibility for your own life, it is both liberating that no one can tell you about you, and also it is very frightening that there is no one to tell you about you. You have to figure it out on your own. This is your journey, and you can choose to see that as a beautiful privilege or perhaps as the greatest burden of your own existence. And to be honest, it is both. It is both, and, and you have to find a way to reconcile the fact that it is both of those things. You want to focus on knowing, right? Knowing what limits you and why it limits you. This is what I call your own personal resistance. 
This is how you take responsibility for your life. You sit down for as long as it takes, for as many days, you repeat the same things over and over again until you get clear on what is limiting you and why it is limiting you. Consider in your personal life, what is the thing that is standing in the way of the thing that you want to be standing next to? Ask yourself this question. Learn how to be not just a worker of the soul, but an owner of the soul. This is the golden distinction. People live out their lives as though they are the worker Like they were hired by the soul to do the good work that is laid out for them. That is not how this is supposed to be uh, lived. This is not how your life is supposed to be actualized. You are the owner of the soul. You are not the owner of the body. You are the owner of the soul. The body is a tool. It is a vehicle for you, the owner, the soul. And so get close to this idea. Get close to this. Embody this. And understand, only when you understand that the soul is literally the place out of which you should be living. It is both your guidance and your confusion. It is everything mixed into one. It is the answer to every question you have and the question that warrants an answer. So if you get cozy, get super close to the soul and Maintain your enthusiasm for this work despite how difficult it gets, despite how it so severely calls you out on everything you know to be yourself. If you are willing to honor your soul, if you are willing to show up when it disappoints you, you are going to get there. And by there, I mean the place that you're going to continue getting to. And one would ask, why Why would I do this? Why would I invest so much of myself in a process that never ends? And my answer to you is because the only other choice you have is to lay down and die right now. These are the only two options. Life is motion and without it, it is death. And so although it may seem difficult to continue to be burdened by these questions of life, Consider yourself so markedly privileged that these questions have been planted in you and made clear to you, to your human, because not everyone gets to see their questions. We all have questions that live within us, but not all of us get to see them. So if you are here, I know that you are quite fortunate to be able to see your own questions and there are more to come. And that's a a truly wonderful thing because as they come to you, you get closer to yourself. And I want you to be as intimately intertwined with yourself as possible. I want you to experience yourself as everything that you have ever needed in this life because it is. So with that, I leave you and I truly hope that you do the work. You you actually cater to the prompts that I've given you in this episode. And please know that the work, I would love to tell you that it gets easier, but it gets so much harder before it gets easier. But once you get the hang of it being difficult throughout, you will find a sense of liberation in it. 
It will not always feel this burdensome in so long as you're willing to bear the burden at all. I love you guys so much and I wish you a wonderful rest of the week and I will meet you back here next week for an all new episode of Wake Up With Glow.